my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God and faith, contemporary religion and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Gary, a minister to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church in the beautiful city of Adelaide. This week we're looking at biblical morality in the third millennium. Our big questions this week. Uh, marriage, where, where did it originate? What is the biblical role of family? Is biblical morality out of date? We dealt with that question just yesterday. And today we're digging into sexual sin. Is forgiveness possible? Our co-host is Helen Gray, and Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church, and welcome to you, Helen. Thank you, Gary. A delight to be here again. It is fantastic to have you back. I can't believe it's a Thursday. It comes around so quickly, doesn't it? It absolutely does. I'm sure somebody's cutting out some days somewhere. I'm totally convinced (laughs) of it. You know, the the days are racing away at a great pace. This is actually my my last week. I've got uh, Mm -hmm. a a month's long service leave that's uh, that's coming up, commencing next week. So uh, I'm really going to miss being able to to talk to to you and to each of our listeners uh, I really enjoy being able to put this program together. But next week, we've actually got Nick Creator. Nick normally does the Bible study program here in South Australia, and he's going to be uh, leading a discussion each day. He's going to be dealing with the uh, with the subject of big questions of Bible prophecy, and this is a fantastic series. And I think you're actually going to be part of it, I understand. Helen. I believe so, Gary, and I'm sorry you won't be here to be part of it. But let me assure you, your month is going to go fast. My month is going to go very, very fast. That's the thing that most <laughs> most worries me about the whole thing, actually. But Helen, look, this week we've been talking about uh, about family. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your your family of origin, about your childhood? Where did the young Helen actually grow up? Um, let me just hone in on the young Helen bit. She's still young Helen, thank you, Gary. <laughs> That's you, a little you, bit of an issue. You knew I was going to have a go at you on that one. Um, my childhood, I was brought up. I was born in Scotland. In Edinburgh. Wow. And um, I lived there. I came out when I was nine. Mm-hmm. But you might notice I don't have an accent. No, you don't, actually. Um, that is I, 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 that actually surprises me. I didn't actually know that. Well, that was because when I came out, sadly, there was a teacher in the school that believed everybody should talk the Queen's English. And um, she used to write things on the board that says the, pale, the snail fell in the pail. And she'd say, Helen, stand up and say it. Well, I was a shy kid, believe it or not. And I'd get up and I'd say, the snail fell in the peel and then she'd turn around to all the students and she'd say and that's how you should all speak well talk about bullying she actually set the scene and so I got bullied for the way I spoke so I'd go home crying every night and I would get home and I'd say mum I'm going to talk like an Aussie and I'd stand in front of the mirror and I'd stand there for hours saying g'day mate G'day, mate. Oh, G'day, fair mate. dinkum, Helen. Yeah, fair, fair dinkum. dinkum. So it does come out in some words. Like yesterday at our study, I was trying to say a particular word, and I couldn't say it in Australian. It just wouldn't <laughs> come out. And sometimes, too, it will come out now and again, and especially when I'm with my ain folk. Yeah. So I wow. had an upbringing in Scotland, um, very much involved in the Presbyterian Church. Mm-hmm. Um, my father was very um, strict, 
no drink, no smoking, no swearing in the house, but he was also an abusive man, which was very sad. So we came out to Australia, and um, I did my schooling in Victoria. So I guess David would be very pleased to hear that, David Butcher. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, Victoria's a lovely place. Uh, yes. Right now they've got a few challenges over there, but it's it, it's a lovely. I've got my I've got family in uh, in Melbourne myself, and uh, uh, it's it, it is a lovely place to be able to visit. Yes. Yeah. I've still got a brother in Melbourne, and he believes he'll never leave Melbourne. He just loves it. And a niece uh, over there. Most of the others have moved to Queensland because it's warmer for them. What's your favourite childhood sisters? memory, Helen? Well, there are several that come to mind. I suppose dancing at Edinburgh Castle would have to be one of them. That was a highlight. Wow. I did uh, Highland dancing and Prince Charles was there. And so that kind of sticks in my memory as you Now, would, that is something you would that I would love to be able to see. You don't have, don't have a video of that, do you? <laughs> <laughs> no, but when I was in the islands, some of them never believed it would happen. And I sadly, I, I just come out from an operation and we got two broomsticks down and I danced the sword dance for me and nearly killed myself. <laughs> no, no, that was part of my upbringing. I, actually, until I was about um, 13, yeah, uh, very much involved in, in Highland dancing and um, lots of different dancing and what I think I went on the stage when I was five and did a song called Ain't She Sweet. And I, I, I still have the outfit, and it's so tiny, Gary. It's so oh, funny. Yeah. But, That's yeah, a- lots of favorite ideas, uh, favorite memories, and I think probably more so around family. Yeah. Because we would celebrate what we would call Hogmanay, and it's New Year's Eve. And um, there was eight of us in the family, including mum and dad. So we really didn't need to have people come in, and we do um, yeah. um, Scottish country dancing and all sorts of things. So those are precious, but there are not very many precious times. Except, I had a firm I had a firm belief that Jesus was walking with me, even when I was a child. Yeah. And because I suffered abuse, I used to go home to my room, and I would visualize that He was sitting on the chair, and my head was on His lap. Mm. And that, to me, was one of the most precious memories. That's a wonderful yeah. picture, isn't it, Mary? Because yes. I'm conscious that there are so many there are so many positive memories of childhood, but there are so many that do actually have incredible um, struggles that through yes. their childhood. I know in, in my own case, um, we so I certainly come from a uh, from a family that certainly had a had a dysfunctional mum and dad, yeah. and uh, that has got huge issues. Even to this, you know, to this yes. day, and uh, uh, I'm so conscious that so many people can remember positives, but they can also remember the negatives oh. of yeah. of their childhood. Yeah. Family is so important. Yeah, yeah. it's the yeah. scars, but um, I, I don't ignore the scars. Yes, they still have an effect. But I believe that says I'm a survivor. Yeah. But I'm a survivor yeah. through God. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. and it's amazing how much how much there are principles within the scriptures that can show us how to deal even with scars. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no, that's powerful. Look, let's come to some music. This is uh, Fountain View Academy and Orchestra, and this is Showers of Blessing. Uh, please enjoy. Showers of blessing, showers of blessing we need. Mercy drops round us are falling, but for the showers we bring. There shall be showers of blessing, this is the promise of love. There shall be seasons refreshing. 
is reviving again. my good friends this is pastor gary i'm daily host of drive time i'm excited to be able to share with you a wonderful opportunity commencing monday july 6 i've invited nick creter and the drive time team to deal with big questions of prophecy this series answers some of the most profound and relevant issues that are impacting the christian world in the early third millennium who is going to control the world How will the world end? Who is the Antichrist and has he already come? This is your opportunity to see what Scripture reveals of a war that is hidden to most of humanity. The first presentation commences at 5pm South Australian time and 5.30 on the East Coast on Monday the 6th of July. This is a series that you just must hear. You're really going to love that particular series. Uh, Nick uh, is going to be going to be leading our regular uh, drive time uh, team is going to be here, and they're going to be taking you through that particular series. Uh, I believe you'll long remember what they're going to be sharing. Uh, but welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q and A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host today is Helen Gray, and Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh Day Adventist Church. And this week we're talking biblical morality in the third millennium and today in particular the question that we're looking at is uh, sexual sin is forgiveness possible gary Hell before on. we go on to that you asked me the question did i have a favorite memory and the one memory i haven't shared is the memory when i went to papua new guinea and that would have had to been the most favorite memory i think went up there for almost 10 years Husband uh, was an aircraft engineer, and we went to Madang, beautiful place, beautiful place. And uh, we were there for three years, and then the church called us to be missionaries up wow. to the highlands. Wow. And so, although it was many years ago now, that was such a favorite 
memory for me. Beautiful place, beautiful people. Thoroughly enjoyed every moment. Yeah, I've never there. had the privilege to actually go to Papua New Guinea. It, uh, I hear so much positive oh. about about that. But it's a hidden gem at the real top of Australia that most Australians actually overlook in their travel. Absolutely beautiful. So, Gary, what would be your favourite memory? Oh, now you are putting me on the spot. Um, it, well, I suppose to me, I uh, uh, as a young person, I grew up on the the uh, beautiful Sydney Harbour. Uh, I'm a I'm a Sydney boy, and uh, I I actually grew up in the western suburbs, out uh, the other side of Parramatta. So, yeah. as those of you who are uh, who are from New South Wales, that's that's hometown for me. And I uh, I will remember going to the Eels to the old Cumberland Oval um, and watching football on a on a Sunday a Sunday afternoon. The other thing I love about about Sydney is uh, are those beaches. You know, Adelaide oh. is a fantastic place. Yes. I love Adelaide, the, the hills, the uh, the coastline. But the one thing I really miss are the surfing beaches. Um, Bondi Beach? I, uh, bon- no, Manly I prefer. Oh, Manly. I prefer Manly. I, I actually find the northern beaches, I think they're preferable beaches to the southern uh, to the southern beaches. And uh, I can well remember going with my uh, my my mum and my dad uh, on the, the Manly Ferry. You know, this is the old Manly Ferry, the South Stain. I mean, goodness me, this thing uh, is now in a museum, I, th- I think. But I used to travel on that, uh, on that particular uh, ferry across uh, Sydney Harbour over to, to Manly and then to spend some, some time on Sundays uh, they're, they're very positive memories So uh, that was the young Gary Oh that was the young Gary, in those days I used to enjoy surfing uh, scuba as well was a oh, real yes. uh, really, I did that, oh, you did that as well I didn't know you did that Gary Oh yeah yeah no no oh, I, I did that quite a number of times actually and I really did my training and uh, uh, all, <laughs> but all around the east coast there up and down the coast right up to uh, uh, well well, in those days, uh, uh, Terrigal and uh, okay. the Central Coast was actually a, a reasonable day's trip because you had how to go. How far down did you go? Uh, how far? Oh, down through most of the, uh, uh, what's the name of the national park down no, there? No, I meant the depth. Oh, the depth. No, not 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 deep. Uh, we are probably 50, 60 feet. That's, okay. Uh, that's all. So, did you see any sharks? Oh, yes. Yes. How did you feel when you saw your first shark? Uh, well, it was actually when I saw my first sea snake. Oh. That would probably uh, frighten okay. me more than the sharks because yes. uh, it was actually heading my way and it was very close to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, uh, sharks, I had some sort of an idea of, you know, what one does. But uh, a sea snake, no one had told me about that. About and the moray eels. And the moray eels, yes. I've seen yes. them as well. Um, diving is such a beautiful sport. It's you a know, beautiful I, experience. I would encourage encourage any young person that uh, wants to get involved in a sport where they can really admire uh, the landscape, really enjoy, yes. you know. A two, it's like another world. Uh, it is, a totally, it? totally. It's, yes. it's something really exciting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, I yeah. didn't get the training in it because up in Papua New Guinea we actually didn't train. You didn't need the training, my, did you? My training came out when my, my husband and his best mate used to go scuba diving every weekend and I would sit on the on the one of the rocks and I'd watch them go in and I'd wait and wait and watch them come out and one day I thought this is ridiculous so I said to him one day I said I want to go scuba diving Mm. at that stage I was slim trim taught terrific and young and so they strapped you're laughing Gary (laughs) 
I actually, they actually strapped all the gear on me and then I got scared because I'm terrified of water because I had an accident when I was a child. Yeah. And it was so interesting. His mate finally said to him, just push your head under, will you? And that's exactly what they did. They pushed yeah. my head under and I could see, I could breathe because the respirator was there and I could see because I had the goggles. I could move. I had the flippers, you know, and it was incredible. The only thing is that we were in a little lagoon and my husband kind of forgot that that was my first dive and there was a little opening going out to the sea and he went through it well you weren't going to leave me behind so I went through it and my first dive three sharks Wow! three wow. sharks and I was fascinated yeah. with the creatures yeah. absolutely fascinated we used to dive 100 feet down on an old wreck yeah and, and that, that um, is renowned that just amazing yeah. that is renowned yeah. Papua New Guinea and the Solomons is renowned for their uh, for their diving and the beautiful thing yes. is that you don't need a wetsuit uh, no, I, no. I I really envy those who can go yes. diving without uh, yeah. without a wetsuit. I didn't much like it when he opened up the filing cabinet in the engine of one of the wrecks, and he was this moray eel coming out. And I went, "I'm out of here, guys!" <laughs> it's a, it's a totally different world, isn't oh, it? You know, but isn't it unreal though? It is. Just, it is. You know, to me, you look at the things that the Lord has created there, yes. and you sort of say, "Hey, here we have got the big um, the big picture. It, the, the the beauty and the creation isn't just." On, on earth, it's under the earth. It's That's under right. the earth as well, under the waves. Love what you actually see And the there. closest I've seen to that above is in a, a balloon, going up in a, a balloon across the Barossa, and you see it again from the other perspective. Yeah. Peace, yeah. quiet, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Our Lord is really good. Yes. Really good. Amen. Yeah, yeah. But, Helen, we've got to come to our subject for today. Uh, we're talking uh, today, we're talking the, the subject of uh, a biblical morality in the third millennium and asking the question, sexual sin, is forgiveness possible? You know, this issue of forgiveness is absolutely huge. I was reading the uh, uh, the Reader's Digest uh, just a, a couple of years ago, and one of the articles really stood out to me. It uh, The article was entitled, 10 Inspiring Stories of Extreme Forgiveness That'll Lift Your Spirits. And a couple of them just... Just, I, I looked at them and I thought, hey, they're almost unrecognizable. They're almost, they're so big, they're so significant that I simply say, hey, how are these things actually possible? Mm. Um, after a long shift at the fire department, uh, Matt fell asleep while driving and crashed into another vehicle, taking the life of a pregnant mother and injuring her 19-month-old daughter. According to Fitzgerald's husband, a full-time pastor, he asked for the man to have a diminished sentence and began meeting uh, with the driver for coffee and conversation. Many years later, the two men remain close. You forgive as you've been forgiven, Fitzgerald said. Do you know that's a that's an interesting uh, statement? Yeah, the man's a, a Christian pastor, but you know, it's not just Christian pastors that actually have come to this conclusion. In another interview, domestic violence survivor uh, said that she never thought she'd reconnect with her mother, her abuser, during her adult life. However, in 2010, her mother suffered several strokes that left her unable to communicate or take care of herself. With no one else to help, she began to sit by her mother's bedside to read to her. Through this, she says, the hate she had for her mother dissipated 
into forgiveness and love. You know, this sort of testimony, it really blows my mind because, you know, it's not something that appears all that natural. Then there's this story. According to um, another another article, um, Jordan uh, took his stepfather's gun to school and accidentally shot uh, another another girl uh, while showing the firearm to friends. Astonishingly, the judge and the community not only forgave the boy but also asked him to. The the father asked for him not just to be forgiven but to also get a lighter sentence, telling reporters that he believes that that's the way his daughter would have wanted it. You know, I look at this forgiveness and I sort of say, hey, you know, is this sort of forgiveness uh, possible? I'm so conscious of so many times that I uh, I look at uh, uh, the news media and uh, people standing outside of court and certainly what they're pleading for is give us justice. This person needs to be locked up and the key thrown away. And yet here we've got examples of forgiveness taking place. Now, to me, it's, it's really quite intriguing. You know, Helen, these are stories of, of human forgiveness, and the Bible actually teaches us the importance of forgiveness. But yesterday we were talking about biblical morality, and I'm really conscious that one of the, one of the, the loads that many people are carrying are the issues doing with dealing with sexual morality, you know, issues of adultery, fornication, uh, pornography, polygamy, homosexuality. There's so many of these of these areas where people are carrying incredible loads. Look, does the Bible offer forgiveness when a person's been involved in sexual sin? I mean, there most people see those as as big Big issues. Yeah. I believe, <clears throat> Gary, the answer to that is a definite yes. Yeah. There is forgiveness. There is forgiveness for each and every one of us. And I dare say, Gary, if I was to ask you, how do you feel? Have you ever been in a position of being forgiven for something? Mm-hmm. Um, I believe it would be the same as nearly everybody. Yeah. You know, because yeah. we are all sinners. And it's beautiful to think that while we're yet sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. Yeah. Um, when when you go through any of those that you have just mentioned, you become a you become a slave to bondage. And by that I mean, you you the guilt, if your conscience is still awake, the guilt is horrendous. The shame, if you're found out is equally horrendous. And some people, they say they're sorry because they've been found out, but truly underneath, they're not sorry. They're just sorry they got found out. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> that that pain of guilt is so, is so real, isn't it? You know, Absolutely. When, when, and particularly when you're dealing with sexual sin because often the case is that, you know, a person can't tell anybody else yes. or refuses to tell anybody else it becomes a real deceit yeah within the family uh in your own mind and and of course it's turning your back on god yeah and i would imagine god would be very very sad for that to happen Mm. because when i read scripture i read that his love is boundless his mercy is measureless 
His compassion is endless. His forgiveness is inexhaustible. And one of the texts that I just love, and I've brought it up before, Gary, it's one of my favorite texts. It's 1 John 1 9. Would you share that with us, please? Oh, okay. I didn't realize that you were 1 John uh, 1 9 uh, and uh, 1 John 1 9. And it uh, says, says this If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, what's it saying? There's a little word at the start, if. So we've got a choice, have we not? There's this, if we confess. It seems to have that choice there, but Helen, what is confession? Well, in this instance, of course, they're talking about confessing to God. They're not necessarily talking about going around and confessing to the whole world. It's if we are open with him, if we are sincere with him and and if we want to change our ways and there are people that are in this i mean i don't believe people well i suppose there are some that go out with the idea as oh well yeah i'm going to commit adultery today (laughs) but in many cases it happens inadvertently it could be that they're having a little bit of problem at home and they go and they go and talk to a friend and it may be a friend of the opposite sex and before you know it those two are sharing more than just talk. Yeah. But it wasn't planned that way. Yeah, yeah. You know, when when the first temptation comes, it should be nipped in the bud. I think you're actually being point. very, very, very genuine. I think you're being very generous there. Uh, mm-hmm. Because what I'm conscious of, I in many years of ministry, I suppose I've seen relationships develop um, over a long period of time. Yes. And uh, I would say that... For example, adultery is probably one of the one of the more common common issues. I would suggest that in most cases, it's actually well planned. Well, I dare say it is. I have seen others where it hasn't actually been yeah, planned, but yeah, it's it's yeah. um, it's been inappropriate to start the relationship in the first place. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it could be. I mean, we can look at David in the Bible and his lust for Bathsheba. Just tell us this story, Helen, because I'm conscious that some of our listeners may not be familiar with the story of David and Bathsheba, because I think this is a really important uh, story. It's a story that um, that I think illustrates a point incredibly powerfully, because King David, he's a man after God's own heart, and while after his own, while being called a man after God's own heart, he still makes this incredible mistake in his life. Um, so just tell us what that story is all about. Okay. Um, let's just go to th- those words you said. You said, a man after mine own heart. God's own heart, sorry. Uh, God's own heart. What yeah. I'm saying, that was what God said. Yeah. A man after my own heart. And the first thing you want to do is put your hands up in horror and say, hang on a minute. You know, he committed adultery. He committed murder. Yeah. And he lusted. You know, he coveted another man's wife. How could it be after God's own heart? God's not like that. Exactly. So, so and, and how would quest- you explain that to someone, Gary? And and that is the really important question, you know, because there are many people who don't realize that the Bible, uh, while it gives wonderful examples of the um, of the right and the proper and the good, doesn't actually shy away 
from from revealing man's frailties. And you know, I constantly look at uh, at the scriptures. I look at you know the man Samson. He had frailties in a similar area. Of course, his frailty was with Delilah, not with Bathsheba. David comes along, and did he have frailties? Yes, he did. Um, but to me, I think the significant thing about the story of David is the way he actually deals with with the issue. We're going to come to that yes. in just a moment. Yes, that was a very good way of getting around the answer to that question, Gary. I watched you on that give one. Us, give <laughs> us the answer that you were I wanting there, Helen. Well, let's turn to 2 Samuel 11. Can we turn to 2 Samuel 11? 2 Samuel. Please, yes. Yeah. 2 Samuel in the Old Testament, chapter 11. All right, no, uh, Second Samuel, and uh, it's uh, uh, chapter eleven, and we're going to be in uh, verse one. In verse one, so mm-hmm. yeah, share it with us, Helen. Okay, well here I'm reading from the New Living Translation, but here it starts off in the spring of the year when kings normally go out to war. David sent Joab and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. What was David doing? They I normally. The kings would go, and here is a king, and straight off we're told when kings normally went out, he actually sent someone else. He sends his general out yes. to fight the war. Yeah. He stays and camps at home. Yeah, and it actually says in that verse, however, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. Point number one with David, the first step that led him down the wrong track was that he neglected the business that he normally would do. He tarried at Jerusalem. And I think we have to be very careful when we are in any situation, we could be tempted. And we can tarry too long. And and I think you make an important point there because what this is actually called is an emotional commitment. And, you know, the thing that I'm so conscious of, and I've seen this many times in ministry, is that uh, before there becomes a a sexual commitment, there actually becomes an emotional commitment to the other individual. And it's that emotional commitment, it's at that point that a, a person can actually choose which way they're moving. Absolutely. Let's move on because I know we don't have a lot of time. Uh, in chapter 2, it tells us that David... Verse two. verse 2. Sorry. Thank you, Gary. It tells us that after arrest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. And as he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. Okay. So what... Gary, you're a man. From a man's point of view, what should he have done? That's a that's a very good what question. What would you have done? What what would you? I, I think most men. Spot, I, I, th- I think most men would actually have done exactly what David. I agree. Uh, David did do. I agree. Uh, and David, of course, looked at Bathsheba mm-hmm. on the wall, uh, on the roof. He was um, she was bathing, and I think it'd be fair to say that most men would actually watch. And I think that would probably, you know, I'd say, hey, yeah, yeah. that may be, may not be the way that it, yes. we should go. But that's probably the way we would go. I believe go. you're right, Gary, and I yeah. wasn't trying to put yeah. you just on the spot, but I think we have to be realistic um, in the story. You know, and David had a wandering eye. Indeed. Indeed. You know, and it's Indeed. interesting that if you look at the story of Job, Job didn't have a wandering eye. He actually made a covenant with God about his eyes. And of course, and I find that really yeah, interesting. That's good. That's good. Yeah. And David knew that, by the way. Okay, let's go he, to the next verse because I think let's keep, I, let's keep moving. 
Absolutely. So we're up to the third one. He sent someone to find out who she was. And the third verse says, So David sent and inquired about the woman, and someone said, Is not this Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite? Yeah. So he inquired after her. Mm. Instead of suppressing that desire, which the sight of his eyes had actually kindled, he seeks rather to feed that desire. He wanted to know more. And the first inquiry, of course, was who was she, if she was unmarried. And, of course, what we actually find in this story here is that uh, David inquires after her. She comes to him, and adultery is what actually occurs. Yes, and what was the result of the adultery? And, uh, of course, the adultery itself leads to uh, David uh, seeing the the execution, if you like, of the the husband. Bathsheba became pregnant. Oh, of course, of course, yes. yes. Yeah, and, and of course then he had to deal with the whole thing. So he tried to cover up his sin. Mm. Can you see this downward spiral on yeah. sin? Now, it could well be, well, most of the people we're talking to are not in the position of the king. I do not believe we're talking to the king at the moment. But we are talking to God's children and their princes and princesses. And I believe this was the downward step yeah. for David, a man after God's own heart. In other words, there was, you know, one thing led to another thing that yes. led to an, and this it's choices, so often, bad it's, choices. It's so often. Whereas, yeah. you know, what if he had made the decision that having seen something that he just occasioned upon, he then closed the door at that point and walked away. Yeah. But we want to skip over a few verses, yep. Gary, because as you said, he ended up committing murder because he sent her husband off to be in the front line of the war. And, yeah, and so we come to a point where God sends a prophet to talk to David. And he puts a parable to him, and David gets angry because he was saying, you know, this man had one sheep, and this other guy took his only sheep and all the rest of it. And then finally, Nathan, in chapter 12, verse 7, says, You are the man. Mm -hmm. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anointed you king of Israel, saved you from the power of Saul, I gave you your master's house, his wife's kingdom of Israel, and as if that wasn't enough. I would, have, I would have given you so much yes. more. In other words, the prophet yes. comes and talks on behalf of God to David and says, David, the things that you've done are not right. Yeah, but skip down again. Skip down to verse 13. It says, Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan says, Yes, but the Lord has forgiven you, and you won't die for this sin. Now, you wanted an answer to say whether or not People can be forgiven. Well, here we've got a prime example here. I believe that when David said, I am that man, yes, I have seen God, and he asked for forgiveness, I believe he was sincere. In fact, I think David was probably quite horrified at how low he had gone. And yet here we have, he was told God had forgiven. While he was yet a sinner, God sent his son to die for him. Let me give assurance to everyone out there listening. To us here in the in the studio, we're all sinners. Yeah. Every one of us is a sinner. But God says, Come to me. All the, ye that are heavy but the thing that I, I love, I, I think I so much appreciate what you're what you're actually saying here, Helen, because it says that the Lord is prepared to forgive sexual sin. Yes. You know, the thing that I, I particularly appreciate, in fact it's one of uh, I think one of the most beautiful Psalms that David writes. What a lot of people don't actually realise is that Psalm fifty one 
is actually David's prayer of repentance when he is when this act is pointed out to him and this is how he actually clears his uh, clears his slate as it were, he comes to God in prayer, and you know I listen it's to the some, most beautiful. Oh, psalm. this this is one of the most beautiful psalms, yeah. and so, in fact, it's been put to music. Mm. And I, I love what it says here. You know, just listen to this, Psalm fifty-one. Yes. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercies. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions. That's significant. And my sin is always before you. And then if I jump down to verse verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me by your generous spirit. You know, Helen, as I read that. Oh, I love it. Mm. Isn't that you know, it's to, powerful. Gary. It is. It is so powerful. powerful. This particular story, because what we've got is we've got David, the king of Israel. He blots his copybook. He makes a, a huge mistake. The mistake is actually publicly pointed out to him, yes. and his response is actually to come to God in prayer. I'm interested that the scriptures actually talk about if I confess my sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. What is that saying to you, Helen? Well, it brings back the memory to me, and I think you've mentioned it through the week, of the woman that was caught in adultery. And Jesus said, where art thou accusers? When they all vanished. And he lifted, he, he put out his hand, helped her up, and he said, neither do I condemn thee. Yeah. Go, sin, no more. If one of our listeners out there is caught in this web of any of those sexual sins that we mentioned, and if that particular listener wants to get free of that, please, please turn your heart to God right now. Wherever you are, pull over if you need to, but turn your heart to God because he is just waiting. He wants you to be saved. You know, for what what does John 3.16 say? For God so loved the world yeah. that whosoever, and that whosoever, my friend, is you and me. Look, you know, Helen, look, even if, if one of our listeners uh, were to go to uh, to their app store, download a copy of the Bible, on the uh, on, in the Bible, go to Psalm 51, yes. just read through, and you know, the prayer of repentance that David prays is in fact the prayer of repentance that God hears, and when you pray that prayer... You actually are are forgiven. Yes. And then comes the time you need to ask the Lord for power through the Holy Spirit that you will not continue down that track. And that's in fact what David actually says here. You know, um, um, do not cast me away. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation. Uphold me by your generous spirit. Um, I acknowledge my transgression. Wash me thoroughly. Cleanse me, blot out to my transgression. You know, as I look at this, I say, "Hey, this is this is so powerful." Yeah. What what da- David is actually saying, yeah. and he meant every word of it. Yeah. That's why in Acts, Paul could say those words. Yeah, that that um, David was a man after God's own heart. Helen, yes. let's have a break. Let's go to some some music because I'm conscious that our time is starting to get away from us. I love this particular song. It's uh, uh, Fountain View Academy. 
champion of love because you know that's indeed exactly what Jesus Christ is it's he who gives us forgiveness please enjoy Fountain View Academy champion of love ladies and gentlemen may I have your attention I want to introduce to you champion robed in white His height exceeds the heavens His weight outweighs the world His reach reaches everywhere His age is evermore He is higher than the highest Greater than the great No one will ever take His power away He is mightier than the my good friends this is pastor gary i'm daily host of drive time i'm excited to be able to share with you a wonderful opportunity commencing monday july 6 i've invited nick creta and the drive time team to deal with big questions of prophecy this series answers some of the most profound and relevant issues that are impacting the christian world in the early third millennium who is going to control the world How will the world end? Who is the Antichrist and has he already come? 
This is your opportunity to see what Scripture reveals of a war that is hidden to most of humanity. The first presentation commences at 5pm South Australian time and 5.30 on the East Coast on Monday the 6th of July. This is a series that you just must hear. Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with Pastor Gary. Our co-host is Helen Gray. And Helen's the lay pastoral leader of the Birdwood Seventh-day Adventist Church. And this week we're talking biblical morality in the third millennium. And today we're asking, sexual sin, is forgiveness possible? Helen, really appreciate what you've actually shared with us at this particular point. You know, that story of David and Bathsheba and, you know, Psalm 51. And it's just so, to me, it brings the whole issue together it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't um uh, sin is not covered up uh, and yet while it's not covered up it is dealt with you know to me that's a powerful story um, anything else you'd like to share with us well i just like to to say it doesn't just happen to david the king it happens to so many of us yeah. in this world and i'm just bringing it back to david just like to share with you a few thoughts that david was truly absolutely sorry for his adultery with bathsheba and for murder and you know he knew that his actions had hurt many people and my friends when we go down this road of sexual immorality it actually does hurt people and that really, this is so important that we realise this, isn't it, Helen? Because, you know, there are so many today that, that say, well, the scriptures are really out of date on this issue of morality. But, you know, every time I see people get involved with adultery, uh, fornication, whenever I get them, I see them involved with pornography, you know, any of these, these issues, these sexual issues, what it brings is pain and suffering and heartache. And what the scriptures are turning around saying, hey, Stay away from them. Absolutely. You know, to me, that's incredibly relevant for yeah. the day and the age in which we're living. I too have dealt with many people as well, and I've seen the hurt. I've seen the anguish. I've seen what's happened to the children. Yeah. And although they say children are resilient, they do grow up with the scars, which is sad. Let me just say that today, but because David repented of his sins, God mercifully forgave him. No sin, my friends, is too great to be forgiven. And I think that's something important, you know, that we need to come and think about. Maybe you feel that you, you've never come close to God because you've done something terrible. Maybe you feel that God can never forgive you for your sin. If you have a Bible, go and study the life of Manasseh. Mm. When I see what he did and God forgave him. Yeah. When I look in my own life, Gary, and I see how God has forgiven so many things in my life. I know, I know without a shadow of doubt that one John, why one John, one verse nine is my favorite. Yeah. Because yeah. he will forgive us if we sincerely come to him. He does not want anyone to be lost. But sadly, there will be some that will neglect and turn away yeah. from God. Again, it's our choice and we need to acknowledge that it is choice. God will not force anyone. But just remember that no one is in, outside God's mercy or beyond the reach of his offer of salvation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thank you for that, Helen. You know, I think um, all this goes back to an acknowledgement that there is such a thing as sin, not just in the sexual area, but in many areas. Yes, we all sin and, and gone astray. You know, we're living in a, in a culture now that simply says, hey, that sin is something that, well, actually it doesn't exist uh, within our present culture. But what the scriptures are actually saying is sin does exist. It does. Sexual sin happens and 
it brings pain and suffering and heartache. And the way to resolve the issue is actually through this thing called forgiveness. And to me, the Christian church, we have got in the scriptures such a beautiful message where, you know, perfect peace of they. You know, those who come to Christ can have the peace that passes understanding. Which we dealt with a few weeks ago, you might remember. But Helen, look, mm. I, just before we finish, I do want to come to one other question that it, it, it bothers me a little bit, and it's this one here. Um, do you think that the church, it, it is talked, it's spoken about forgiveness uh, through its entire existence, but has it been guilty of not taking sexual sin with the seriousness that it deserves? You know, and by that I mean, you know, it really hasn't reproved. Adultery, fornication, pornography, homosexuality, sexual abuse. That's a, uh, that's a certainly biggie. a big one today. You know, do you think that the church has been guilty of not taking sexual issues all that seriously? I think in, in many areas I'd have to agree yes. Uh, I think a lot is because A, they don't know what to do. B, they don't know how to react. C, they don't want to be responsible for somebody leaving the church. Yeah. Um, and, and there's a whole host of things. They don't want to wrongly accuse someone and find out they have been wrong. Yeah. Um, and for that reason, there are so many people that are hurting and feel they can't go to their church friends. Yeah. They can't even go to a pastor half the time. Yeah. I, and sadly, I have to say, I have seen that happen too, mm-hmm. where they've taken sides. And uh, I myself have actually fronted a minister on that very issue, and I've said to him, I said, it's good for you to support so-and-so, but you've forgotten there's a wife and a child. Yeah. You know, and I think we tend to do that. We tend to sit in judgment, and quite often it becomes a split in the church. Or we say, well, it's none of our business. And I've heard people say to the pastor when, when they've gone and spoken to those people, well, it's really none of your business anyway. But yeah. I'm sorry, with the church it is our business because it's God's business. I think the other thing is the pendulum can swing too far. You can be so harsh and, and hateful about the whole thing that you split up a church and you lose many people. Yeah. I have seen a pastor who dealt with this very, very issue with a couple and he he actually sat there and he did not condemn me. He, he was showing Jesus. And what he did, he actually went up and he realized there was, uh, there was a, um, a need for forgiveness. And he did not bring it to the church. Now, yeah. was he wrong? But I have got to tell you, to this very day, those people are still in yeah. the church. Yeah. And working for the church. Yeah. And I'm not naming names here, but I saw that happen. I yeah. saw some people condemn the pastor for it. But that was the way he dealt with it. And he said later that was the way he felt impressed. There are ways with dealing this, but I don't think yeah. one way is to put it under the carpet. Yeah, I think, it's I think got to be nipped in the butt. I think that's really important. In fact, uh, Helen, I, I do need to ask this question. Do you think the church has erred, particularly you know, historically, uh, with how it's dealt with issues like sexual abuse of, uh, of children, of adults do you think you know to what extent have we have we erred on that um gary that's a very tender point with me Mm. because um one of my my children was abused and um by a so-called christian that went to the same church and i'm a great advocate you know against child abuse i think you know that but i think we have erred 
I yeah. think we're putting things in place now. We've got within our church, we've got an ad safe. Yeah. Um, we have some guidelines. We're getting training, and yeah. I think that's so so important. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's still a lot of work to be done, Gary. Yeah. A yeah. lot of work. It certainly is a process, and certainly yes. the way that some of these issues were, were dealt with historically, it certainly doesn't match up with what the scriptures expectation That's are great. i mean to be moving people on instead of dealing with the issues but you know sometimes i i wonder if we're not making a similar mistake when we overlook other sexual sin yes. such as for example adultery is probably the you know the, the most common one uh, where uh, we you know it's very easy to simply regard this as a normal part of human human existence whereas i just wonder you know the scriptures don't appear to present it that way well there is a there is a text in scripture that tells us who will be outside the kingdom yeah but it yeah. doesn't just mention sexual sins it mentions liars yeah as well and gossipers and i tell you in other words we are all sinners yeah god loves the sinner but he hates the sin yeah and we should be exactly the same yeah, yeah. you know and if it's causing heartache Somewhere in that relationship between those people or between the people in the church, it has to be nipped in the the bud. It has to be dealt with love. You know, Christ said to forgive 490 times, wasn't it? Yeah. Incredible number that. We're not talking about that now. Huge number. But, you know, I mean, I believe that if, if you are sincere, God will forgive you. Just don't leave it too late. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Make that choice now. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is certainly yeah. is the, the story that comes out with David and Bathsheba. He came to, he came to the Lord. He came to the Lord in prayer. He confessed his sin and the Lord was faithful and just and forgave him his sin and cleansed him from all unright. You know, to me, that's an incredible story hmm. that uh, so many actually overlook today. I'm wondering, Helen, just to finish with, how would you like to pray for us and particularly pray for, for anybody who might be listening to us right now? Absolutely. Who is dealing with these issues. Absolutely, Gary. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for the, uh, the um, privilege of sharing with the listeners tonight. I thank you, Lord, to know that sexual sin, Father, forgiveness is possible. And, Lord, we've seen that in in Scripture. I pray that you will touch the hearts of anyone that is caught up in this web, Lord, and that they can come to you. Lord, please, please give the Holy Spirit into their life that they will feel their need and that they will repent of their sin. Father, without knowing that they are sinning, how can they come to you? Please, dear Lord, fill them with the Holy Spirit so that they can come, they can confess as David did, but they can also stand on that wonderful promise in 1 John 1 9. If they confess their sins, you are faithful and just to forgive them their sins and to cleanse them from all unrighteousness. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of the word. Thank you for hearing our prayer and thank you for answering our prayers. In the loving name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, folks, it does look like our time's up for today. Thank you so much for joining uh, Pastor Gary and Helen Gray on Drive Time Big Q&A. Please join us tomorrow uh, when we ask Jesus teaching on on sexual sin. Does it really make sense? Really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember Christ said, I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of mind and heart, and the peace I give isn't like the peace that the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May our God richly bless you. Please enjoy Chris Rice 
Oh, love that will not let me go. Shall it? 